Hey, I'm Adam. And I'm Ant. And this is Ready Begin. Yes, we're talking about anything and everything to do with building your own brand. Sharing some of our own wisdoms and wipeouts along the way. So, are you ready? Let's begin. I think let's just start with our own experiences and then uh, go from there as to what we've done ourselves and then I can add in things that have sort of come up when I'm helping clients launch and go through this process themselves. Yeah, well, yeah, should we just dig into it? Let's go for it. Um, Yeah, cool, all right. Um, Well, yeah, this week we wanted to talk about MVP, um, which is not to do with um, Michael Jordan or most valuable player, but in fact, um, minimal viable product, which is something that I struggle with saying a lot of the time. Um, so I'd love to talk to you, you about that. <laughs> Minimal viable. Anyway, um, yeah, would love to talk to you about our experiences, as you were just saying, of um, yeah, starting, launching, testing, trying to do things without sort of breaking the bank before you work out whether something, a new idea, a startup, whatever it is, is going to be viable um, or not. So. Yeah, I mean, should we put our little timer on? Have you got Have you got twenty five minutes? Yep. On the buzzer. Twenty five minutes. Keep things short and sweet. Cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm really interested in talking about this because we've just gone through this with one fifty in terms of, yeah. and I think a lot of people will sort of have a sit be in a similar situation where you've got an idea and you're wondering how to start it and there's not normally enough money, enough time to do it. So how do you work out whether it's a go, it's a goer, it's a good product before actually committing lots of time and effort? Um, so yeah, what do you I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be really annoying for you, mate. I'm gonna flip this round to you purely because you are and have been going through this process like non-stop for the last couple of months and we've spoken about it at length both both on the podcast and, and off of it um like where, where did what what do you see as the minimum viable product for you how did you establish that for 150 yeah um i think it was about finding something that we really loved and really wanted to do but knowing that um we didn't yeah we didn't have any money resource backing to do it so just sort of searching and thinking about the the cheapest and easiest ways to do that. And I think one of the things is finding a bunch of tools that you can use. That There's just there's just so many out there these days that um, online to, tools, physical tools that you can experiment with uh, for free. Um, things like Zoom. So, you know, 150 is a, a, our online workout session, 30 minutes each morning. Um, how do we do online workouts? Well, we use Zoom. It's a free. There's a free function there for 40 minutes. Um, you can set up a Zoom call with, you know, up to like 100 people or so um, for free. So we didn't have to pay for that. That's a free sign up. We use things like a free Mailchimp server, which is completely um, is a great way to sort of set up a community and, and communicate with people uh, without paying for that. Um, Gmail emails you can use as a free free email server which doesn't cost you anything um, you can build websites for like 20 quid using things like um, card C-A-R-R-D 
um, which is a brilliant tool to sort of pay 20 quid a year or something to get a good looking website up there. So it's just about going, okay, what is, what is the smallest version of this? It's sometimes quite easy when you start off to think of like the biggest version of like, okay, where can this go? How big can this be? How many fans are we gonna have? How do we, how do we serve them all? Instead, think about your first five fans, the friends and family that are doing it with you, using your product, buying your product. What is the smallest version of that product um, out there? So we kind of just went after that really and started off, it's, I think it's, it's probably best thinking of it as like quite a scrappy thing and thinking, okay, let's not make this perfect. Let's just do it and then see if people respond to it and then let them sort of help you sort of carve the way, I guess. Definitely. I, I mean, I find this a really interesting topic because um, I, I'm coming at it with, with two heads. When it's my own projects and launching my own things that I'm doing, I uh, chase perfection too much and I need to scale that back and go, I don't need to worry about how I promote to a thousand people. It's the, the five that you start with that I think are the most important. And I, I, I almost skip the uh, the MVP and go for like the fully like articulated final version that has to be all singing and all dancing but when I work with uh, clients and help them on their projects it's about making it as quick and easy for them to get to market purely because I think testing uh, your idea and, and playing that out as quickly as you can uh, especially for small companies is the the biggest uh, indicator of whether it's uh, going to succeed or you've got something that you need to change mm. um, and I, I think for me, like the the point of the MVP more than anything is probably to test the market and to see what other people think of what you're doing. Um, and yeah, I, I can only echo that my my advice when it's a client project is always just use the cheapest and easiest tools to put something together. Mm. Um, but it, I, I completely understand the the difference between what what you should do and necessarily doing it yourself. And sometimes it can feel overwhelming. And uh, I'm definitely gonna take away the, like look for your five people that you sort of want this to go to first. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's um, there's a podcast or a selection of podcasts and YouTube videos by um, a team of people called The Future, F-U-T-U-R. Um, and they're headed up by uh, Chris Doe, who's a well-recognized creative director. And he was saying that one of his goals is to be a billionaire. And the billionaire is he wants to influence a million people, not <laughs> yeah. not the financial billionaire. Although he probably um, up, he's probably but, up for that as well, isn't he? Yeah, I, I don't think uh, it would be too big of a complaint. But he um, he said for me to become a billionaire and influence these billion people, he has to start off with with the first like hundred. You have to get those true fans to get behind you and get behind your projects. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely guilty of not not exploring that enough and I've got a few projects that I'm, I'm working on at the moment my studio being one of them and I think that I need to I'm sort of hiding it a little bit keeping it between close friends and family whereas I think I need to treat that with a like a little bit more of what you're saying and just put it out to market show people what I'm doing get people involved because I it, essentially there is a product and service as part of what I'm I'm starting and I need to to get that in front of people and just see where it goes and worry about getting those first few fans and people behind the project. Yeah. And I think, so the difference between the MVP approach and the sort of all singing, all dancing approach is the, is the idea that 
you're sort of creating on the go rather than creating something that you, an idea that you have in your mind and doing all of it and then seeing if it's right after those months and all that money and all that effort or it's kind of opening it up and almost like open sourcing that growth to to your community and involving them in that so when you get to a product that's like the sort of the finished thing it's already had you know a hundred rounds of input without you really thinking about it and, and i guess maybe an example of it would be to think of something about like this podcast that we've created together and if you look at all of your favorite podcast series you might look at okay let's 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 look at them and say okay that's that's a really tough thing to create a podcast like them they've got hundreds if not millions of fat followers fans listeners they've probably got a really fancy recording booth with the best equipment they've got expensive microphones with like sound suppression on they've got engineers to edit their podcast they've got expensive music they've got jingles um um really famous guests and you look at that and think okay that's that's really serious. I would never be able to create something like that because that is, you know, that is the final all singing, all dancing product. Whereas you look at this, the shorter version and go, okay, what have we got? We've got Zoom, which we can use for free. Um, we've got, we bought, you and I bought these couple of microphones that clip into our iPhones that are little clip mics that provide brilliant quality. I think they're like 40 pounds each, which yeah, is um, mine was nine pound. You paid Not for even nine pound. Forty pound. I paid. Yeah, I went for the fancy road version. Um, so yeah, exactly. You, and they provide great quality, um, really cheap and affordable. Um, we're using our iPhones that we have already to record. I've, we use GarageBand, which is a free bit of software on uh, Mac computers. Um, we go on a, a library to find a nice library track that maybe represents what we're doing or is something that we like. And then we can use Anchor, which is a great streaming platform that is completely free and very easy to use. And suddenly we've got a podcast that kind of looks nice. We've got, got a bit of a logo that you design, which is brilliant. Um, but, you know, we didn't take like weeks and weeks over refining. We sort of together sort of threw, threw some ideas together. And suddenly we've got a podcast that like, you know, if 10 people listen to it, that's brilliant. Actually, it's, you know, we've got up to like 60, 70 listens already, which is like amazing compared to what we thought it would be. And then you go, okay, we've started something and we can, we can, and people can listen to it and they can feedback on it and tell us what they like, what they don't like. And we'll soon very quickly pick up on what, what works and what doesn't work, what people are listening to, what people aren't listening to. And our end product, whether that's in six months, one year, two years, will be something that I feel like everyone will have had a, an input in rather than trying to create that, spending lots of money, time and effort trying to create what we think is that final product. Whereas we just sort of open source it, invite others into that process with us. And I think that is, for me, that's the definition of trying to do it the, the sort of MVP way. Without a doubt. And I think that um, it's so, important or this project has been so important for me to remember that the you just have to start like starting is um is like pivotal to any project for sure but you can live in your head for ages and you're like i'll do this i'll do this i'll do this but i'm guilty of looking at that all singing all dancing end product and going this is so big and scary that it verges on unattainable 
Whereas we both attacked this and, and I've got to like give you the credit for just going, oh, let's, let's just start something. And we've added and done a bit each week and we've spent an, an hour rather than spending ages thinking about all the logo and how we make it look. We were like, let's just get something up there, get it live and we'll adjust it and change it. Like we weren't sure about the, the name of this and it, it may change in a year's time, but mm. for the time being, like Ready Begin works brilliantly. I really like it. But it's we've allowed ourselves the freedom to just go, does this work? Okay, cool, we'll make this work. Um, and I think being able to stay small and reactive is, is a huge advantage for any company, but especially us, because we can just go, well, this is our thing, we'll change it if it's not working. And I think it's going to be really telling to see in the next few weeks when we sort of tail off from people that are listening out of sort of friendly support yeah. to the people that actually are invested in, and hopefully are gaining some value from what we're saying. Yeah, that is a bit of a pivotal moment. We had that on <laughs> um, Jim Rabbit, which is now 150, where it was the, the moment when, A, when people, it, like enough time had lapsed that we thought, okay, our friends and family surely can't be still here because they wanted to support us because you know people will come for a couple of weeks, show a bit of support, great. It helps you out, keeps you going. But then if they stick around after that, you're like, okay, there's some value here. Great, let's keep doing what, what we're doing. Let's build on that. Um, that's a great moment. Um, another great moment is you know, when you see people joining that you maybe don't know or like neither of, neither of us would know or um, yeah, with 150, it was me and my sister, Philippa. Like suddenly we were like, who's, who's this person? neither of us had a mutual connection it was like this is brilliant it's gone beyond that sort of scope of of our, our friendship groups which is a really special moment in that process and i think yeah it really is about letting go a little bit and letting go of those ideas you might have had for it what you thought it might be what you thought were the special things um what you you know you even even what you thought the idea was it what it ends up being might not even be what you started out to be but you'll only ever find that out if you put it out there and sort of offer it up to people and say is this something you're interested in and the best moment is when people come back and say yes or they say no but this might be and acting on that and not saying well no that's not the point let's let's not go down that direction i think is the most important thing is is taking this whole process and absorbing the positives and sort of working out what isn't working and letting those things go. Um, only then can you sort of let let the product or the service or whatever it is grow into what it needs to be. It's kind of mm -hmm. like a weird philosophical sort of take on it. Like it already knows what it's going to be. You just have to sort of let it like cultivate itself kind of yeah. in a strange way. I imagine it's it's like you have children. You can direct it as much as you like, but there will be a point in which it just sort of goes off in its own path. And if it's the right path, like you will know because it'll make sense and it'll work. I also think that like something that we can speak about from with regard to the podcast is our marketing budget is obviously zero. But if you can get those five friends or family to to listen, and they then go, hey, I've been listening to this podcast by Ant or Adam's involved in this podcast, have a listen. Um, it's, it's, that's, that forms your free marketing budget because you get your friends sort of uh, championing your product or mm. service or what have you. I work a lot with um, 
designers that are sort of thinking about going from freelance, uh, sorry, from full-time work to going freelance. And I'm like, just you have to just start telling people you're doing it. Like yeah. if people start chasing a, I, I want to do this. I'm going to make this thing. I've made this thing. Now what do I do? I'm like, tell people. You don't have to. You don't have to put an advert on a billboard at, like in your town centre. Just start telling people you know. And I guess that this project, uh, this sorry podcast episode, uh, could verge on the the really small side. So it's not necessarily going to be helpful for someone that's um, launching a product and they've got a marketing budget because I, I don't think. I, from personal experience, other than advising from a business sense, I can't say I've launched a product and it's done like been extremely successful. But I think that if this helps people that are sitting at home going, or like listening on the train, what have you, going, I've got an idea, what should I do with it? Maybe it'll start making or allowing them to connect the dots. And I think that's something that I've been guilty of um, like over-egging, making it too big so that it's unachievable. And I think that the key is that your, your starting point from A to B has to be, only has to be tiny, but it's that sort of step to move forward. And I, I think that if you can define your MVP for day one and you break down the small steps that you need to get at least that thing to exist, mm. you're at a huge advantage over so many people that are sat going, I wish I'd done that. And very quickly, I've had people say to me, Oh, I can't believe you're doing a podcast. How long have you been doing that? And in my head, podcasts are reserved for the like uh, informative elite that the journalists shared. Yeah, exactly. World. And I was like, well, we just kind of did it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I was just thinking of a, a couple of things then when you were, when you were talking. One of them was um, we both saw Tessa Clark speak at the Do Lectures last year, which was. Um, which is great to hear her talk about Olio, her company that tackles sort of food waste. And she start, and now it's a big app. It's, it's got a website, it's got an app where people can sort of say, hey, I've got this food left. Someone will come around, take it off you. Maybe you're moving house or you're going on holiday and you're like, I don't want this food to go to waste and people will come in. And rather than throwing food in the bin, it gets shared around, which is, which is brilliant. And it's a community-based thing and it's all free and, and um, in terms of like the transfer of goods. But she started that just on WhatsApp and just put a bunch of people she knew in a WhatsApp group and said, okay, if you have any food that is going to waste, just post on this group. And I think trepidation started and people didn't really engage. And But there were moments then where it was like, okay, people have started doing it and it's working. It's like, okay, this, this works. It's on WhatsApp. It's free. Now let's go and build the thing that will help multiply this by 10 rather than doing building that thing and then seeing no one use it or it just being a bit wrong or it's got the wrong functionality or you know people won't do it because it's a paid thing or whatever whereas she just sort of formulated that through a completely free and easy to use also something that people are used to using so training people to download a new app and uh, use a new app is a very sort of big behavior change whereas okay, let's use something that people are used to using, Facebook, WhatsApp, Zoom. Let's do it on there first. There isn't that barrier to get over of download new things, sign up to new thing. Let's use things that exist already to test test it out. Um, I think is really important. And the other thing is we were chatting to Ben a couple of weeks ago, um, a couple of episodes back about his self-publishing of his book that he wrote. And he said something that stuck with me, which was about 
people don't know the things that you haven't included. So you sort of write, he, he was he was sort of saying that he writes, he wrote loads and loads of stuff and then he went through that editing process of taking whole chunks of it out. And he would worry that, oh, I've taken that bit out, they don't get that bit now, you know. But people don't know what, what you've edited out. Like people don't know what the final version is. People don't know what your vision is for it. They just sort of go off what they can see in front of them, what, what, what the version of the product that's put in front of them. So try and sort of separate worrying about what it could be or should be because, you know, other people aren't, don't have that in their mind to think about. So, um, yeah, just find a smallest version and then, and then put that out there. People will use it, but without the expectation of going, oh, this could be a bit better or I know, you know, this could be a bigger thing or whatever. It's like, you know, that's not there yet. It hasn't been, it hasn't been introduced yet. So try and avail yourself from that worry that, it's not the, the, the thing that you intend it to be eventually. Without a doubt. I think um, uh, it, I, I found Ben's talk really interesting because I, I again, similar to the podcast, I've, I've seen writing a book as this just completely unattainable uh, position of knowledge and, and influence. And he just made it so real and he had a story to tell and he wanted to share his experiences. Um, and he just he did uh, writing as part of I think his studies at university, and then that just sort of spiraled as like a continued hobby on top of his rugby, and then it became the book that he is now self-published and exists to buy. And I think that making making the association with if you want something, just start has like resonated hugely with me, um, and. And has been on the receiving end of me chatting away for probably the last two or three months about this studio that I was like, I'm thinking about doing this, I'm thinking about doing this. And then I was like, cool, I'm doing it. And then your brain goes into, oh, how do I make this work? And you sort of go through that panic. And I'm uh, I'm starting off um, this week with some questions that I've been writing to try and involve my community just to go, right, I'm creating this studio space that I want to share with everyone and, and get people involved with their space. Um, what what do you want to see in the space? How do you want to make it work? And I don't have a product yet. My product is like still um, like exist like sorry uh, still being put together. Like we're we're currently painting the space. We don't know what we're going to do with it and how we're going to kit it out. But I know where I want it to go. Um, but my plan is to get people involved in the idea before it's finished, so that when it does launch and when we do go, hey, we're ready to get people involved. People have invested their time and energy to like think about the project give me advice which obviously helps me make it a better place to work um but also they then become invested in the story and the 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 product and service because they've been asked and they they can hear that they've either been listened to or they were part of that process to get that thing off the ground so i think that making sure that you're uh, involving your community is what i'm hoping is going to be like a massive advantage for me to uh, to sort of grow and, and start this um, uh, new idea. Don't know, we'll find out. Yeah, you're MVPing like a whole design studio. Yeah, Rather it's, than, a, it's a bit of a weird way of doing it. But. Yeah, I mean, you've got to start somewhere and that is a bit of an, you know, there's, there's, there's a bit more risk and a bit more cost involved in something like a physical space. But again, you know, you start small, you start with like desks that are cheap and can come in and out. And then when you realize that, okay, people want desk space, then you invest in, better desks and better chairs but 
you know, they might not want desk space. So then you take the chairs and the desks out and see what else you can use the space for. But um, yeah, what's the vision at the moment? What are, you, what are you starting off using the space for, do you think? What's gonna be the first little, little test? Well, I'm going to have to be annoying for like the second time in three podcasts. I've just had someone turn up at the door. Can you give me two seconds? Yeah, I love these bits. Sorry, mate. <laughs> you just get me chatting. It just adds uh, flavour uh, to the... Exactly. Hang on a sec. I'll keep the mic I can on. Just ram- I can just ramble on while you go and um, get your delivery. Don't want to edit this bit out. We can pretend you're still there and it's just my turn to chat. Oh, hello, hello. I appreciate the hat. I thought I thought I was going to have some really inspirational things to say while you're gone, but I didn't. I just sat in silence. No, that's all right. You were just you were allowing all of the the thought taking from the podcast to to just sink in. Mm. Um, but your question was very. <laughs> that delivery was aptly uh, timed for your question. We're we're doing a uh, photo shoot in the studio tomorrow. Uh, we we've got we're splitting the area into two spaces. One of which is a photography area and a studio for making videos and doing product and um, like a white white studio room for uh, photography and photo shoots, headshots, etc. And that was a delivery of uh, cakes for a bakery, so we're going to help them sort of improve their social media feed. Um, and they were getting dropped off, so we can shoot them tomorrow, which means that after the photo shoot, we can get incredibly fat eating all the cakes afterwards. Uh, and there are. They, they make absolutely amazing uh, cakes, but they're all gluten-free, and I've got a wheat intolerance, so it's amazing for me. Um, but they're a company called Portois, so I feel like I should give them a shout-out on here while I'm uh, chatting away as well. But the, the idea for the space... Exactly, I'll send them the link. <laughs> the, uh, I know we're running out of time, but the, the idea for the space is uh, it's a creative studio uh, where I can create an environment where people want to spend their time and work, but hopefully nurtures them to be more creative. And especially now people are, since like we've gone through the uh, lockdown and everything with COVID, people are realizing that they don't want to travel into London um, to, to work anymore. So if I can provide an environment that one, allows me to work from there and grow my business, so get other designers to work with me, but also fill that space with other people that want to spend their time working in that environment, then that's kind of my goal and my aim. And at the end of it, I hope to just build a community of creative people that if I need an illustrator for a project or a maker for whatever, I've got like a small network of people that I can go, hey guys, like we worked together last year, could you come in and help with this project? And we all lean on each other. So rather than, uh, I'm I'm trying to skip the idea of something like Fiverr or uh, Mm. Upwork, which I I don't like working uh, on those platforms as in like finding someone to work with so if I can create a small community where I create a virtual network of, of creatives in whatever capacity then it benefits me but hopefully I've created something that benefits others as well so if there's anyone in your area who, who needs somewhere to sort of hang out and be creative then they should come and come and check without out. a doubt yeah, I'll, um, what I'll do is I'm going to, I'm in the process of creating some kind of a way of communicating what I'm doing to people and uh, maybe in the next podcast I'll do an update of where we're at and how people can get involved or get in touch. Um, I've heard carrier but, pigeon yeah. is the latest um, craze for communicating with your community. 
I'd just, be well up for that. Just have a yeah, a pigeon loft, you, and you send out regular pigeon messages. Um, do you have to train the pigeons, or can I just like strap a no, you just billboard onto a pigeon? Sunday evening, you just put a little note and just send them off, and wherever they end up is whoever. Yeah, is that that's your readership then? Perfect. How how are people these days with messages and bottles? Do they still work, or are they they old? It hat? hasn't caught back on, but I think yeah, pigeons. I, and we can change and that. Right, so we need a minimum vi- uh, minimum bottles. viable product for a bottle yeah. carrier pigeon service. Yeah. Right, we'll work on that for next week. Have you got a name for the the new um, community area workspace? Well, my not not really at the moment. It's so my company's called Contour Creative Studio. So it kind of works mm. that um, it's a creative studio. So I think we're going to lean on that name a bit. But it's at um, it's in a, a newly built um, collection of uh, units and studios and spaces um, and a place called Old Hall Farm in Little Wymondley where I live and um, we're such a cute little collection of names for a place yeah or... I know I, I don't feel like I don't where drink do a live? lot particularly <laughs> I, I live in a place called Little Wymondley and I it, like so the studio's just around the corner from where I live and I'm like I can't imagine that if I'm, I'm drinking and I need to jump in a cab I can say the name of my village <laughs> whilst drunk Little Wymondley's hard enough to say when I'm sober let alone after a drink yeah, but um, yeah, no, I'll keep sharing the story, and I, I'm sure that we'll have a future episode on like what made me come to this decision to take this step, and what worked, what didn't work, um, and that process. But it, it is really appropriate that I have a like I'm essentially creating an MVP for a studio. It's slightly different, perhaps, from an, uh, an idea or a, a product or service, but the concepts are the same. It's about making those challenges small achievable mountain that's uh, small achievable hills rather than a massive mountain that you can't climb or feels overwhelming um it's like so, yeah. yeah it's like I, I quite like the idea of it being like a test launch test launch test launch and just keep, definitely rather than getting everything ready and doing one big grand opening of whatever it is physical or virtual it's like mini mini launch test it out change it mini launch test it out change it repeat Definitely. Well, mate, I'm excited to come and visit and maybe we'll do a podcast episode in there um, Sounds in good. person with uh, masks on, of course. I won't know what to do. I've lost all social skills since lockdown. I'll just stand there awkwardly staring at you for the first five minutes. I don't know what to do with my arms when I meet someone, you know? I've got, into like... a, I've got into a weird habit of going, I, I want to shake your hand, offering my hands, telling them that I want to, but I'm not going to. Uh, a friend of mine said I should start curtsying. I don't think I'm into that. But, I mean, I'll give it a go. I can't promise that it doesn't work because I haven't tried it. Yeah. Mate, let's leave it there. Um, so great to chat to you about MVPs this week. Um, and yeah, let's do another one soon. Amazing. Thanks so much. Cheers, then. All right. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. then by my mate with the with the fridge